Welcome back to the final episode of Passion Personified, a podcast series where we feature student entrepreneurs and the life lessons they learned. On our final episode, we talk about preventing fires and piracy and to share his mindset on entrepreneurship and handling failure. We have the founder of MOA, Josiah Fan. Thanks for the welcome, Kevin. Did All I right. pronounce your company name correctly? Yeah, you got it right. Okay, Moa. wonderful. It means together, right? Yeah, together. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk to you. You know, I think when we chatted on Zoom, uh, you really struck me as a kind of, I know it's a high compliment, not sure whether you'll take it, but uh, like Elon Musk kind of vibe. Elon Musk, wow, <laughs> it's a, okay. It's a high, probably the highest compliment in entrepreneurship I can thank give you. Thank you, thank you. I'll take it as a compliment. But, but really, really the analysis of objectivity, the way you speak about innovation, I think really impressed me. And I'm excited to for listeners to, to hear about mm-hmm. your mindset and your journey. La. I think there's a lot they can take out of it. Yeah, so today's, I think, focus will really be on taking action as an entrepreneur, you know, how you analyze stuff. And just that, that curiosity, right, the desire for exploration that you show. Yeah, so, okay, let's, let's, let's get into it. Uh, let's, let's start out with, with uh, how you started out. You know, uh, even before now, you, you started a company and you are in NS now. Currently in NS, yeah. NS, right. Uh, but you started a company while you're in SP. Right? But even before that, when you were young, yeah, talk to me about growing up. Like, was entrepreneurship something you really, you know, wanted to do? Yeah. So, entrepreneurship when I was young, actually, is a story that goes back to when I was in primary school, like probably primary one or primary two. Yeah. So, um, back in the days, you know, uh, probably you have some experience with like selling small items from the mama yeah, shop, yeah. kind of things. So, one day my brother came home and then he just told me about this uh styrofoam planes that he's been selling those ones where you construct with the propeller at the front and then you can throw it and it flies okay so i got inspired by him i was like hey you know selling something and get a small little bit of profit and uh people our fellow classmates will willingly buy them so i started out with um explosives mm. yeah explosives okay Okay. So <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds a bit, uh, a bit sketchy, but yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, small kids, like boys like this, we yeah. just like things that go bang, loud things, right? Yeah. So, I used to take uh, party poppers, you know, yeah. the ones you string, you yeah, pull, yeah, confetti, that. right? Yeah. So, they used to have this explosive component inside. So, I'll just dismantle the whole thing, take out all the confetti, the plastic, throw that away, take the explosive itself, and just uh, sell that. And like a profit margin of 400 percent you know wow. the thing cost 20 percent but uh, i could sell it for a dollar mm. so my first customer was this uh classmate named ian, uh, <laughs> ian. remember you always remember your first customer yeah you always remember <laughs> especially when um ian i make a deal with him in the toilet yeah you know? just like gotta be discreet you know yeah. boys meet up in the toilet so i walked in he was there standing by the sink um I passed him the small little dynamite stick. Then he looked at it. He was like, okay. He passed me a dollar. I took the dollar. Yeah. Turned around and started walking out of the toilet. Yeah. As I was walking to the door, suddenly a huge bang. <laughs> yeah. Then I just stopped. I turned around. I was like, Ian, are you okay? Man was just standing in front of the sink, looking down on his hands, I was like, oh shit, did he get injured or something? Yeah. So I walked up to him, I saw his hand was a little charred and black. Yeah. So I was like, Ian, what do you do? And he looked at me. I was testing the product. <laughs> and I was like, 
you know, it's an explosive. If you test the product, it's going to blow up. <laughs> and then... So much for customer satisfaction. Right. I don't think we're going to refund at that stage. But okay, continue the story. I'm so interested. So, and Ian started crying and then he just, I'm going to tell the teacher. So okay. for the next like couple <laughs> hours, me and him just started um, got, getting chewed out by like the discipline master. Okay. Oh, he did tell? He did tell. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't understand why. So, <laughs> I got scolded for selling something like that in okay. school. Fair enough. But he got scolded for doing something dumb, which was pressing the thing and exploding in his hand. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's meant to do that, right? Is it not? Yeah, but <laughs> it's meant it to not? be like a, yeah, okay. a prank item where you like put it maybe underneath the toilet seat and then when the guy sits down, it explodes. Yeah, that's even worse. But never mind. <laughs> it's okay. Boys will be boys. Yeah. Boys will be boys. So yeah. And then your first stage stuff. So like mini tech tech boxes when those came out. Okay. Yeah. No, but what is it? So I guess it's innate that you like to tinker with stuff, right? You like to kind of think about how stuff combines, analyzes, you know, and then... Um, um, so, yeah, but school for you, right? Uh, how was school for you? I must imagine that it's not easy to sit in class given your, your mind, uh, you know, your personality. Actually, for me, when I sit in class, um, I get distracted a lot, okay. first and foremost, but the good thing I guess is that since I like watching and observing how um, things work, I'll just sit and observe my classmates, the teacher, you know, mm. how people are interacting with each other. And just gain a lot of insight from that. Mm. Yeah. Example? One example. For example, just like, so if I weren't talking to my friend, I'll just be sitting in class, watching how um, other students do their work or mm. interact within themselves. And... It always intrigued me because there's always something to be learned mm. and no four students or two students interaction will be the same. Mm. It's always different and I always look out for that difference, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that helps you understand people so which is crucial eventually in your entrepreneurship mm. journey now. Uh, we will get into that soon um, but one thing you mentioned that I like to uh, share about why entrepreneurship? What gave you that spark? So I saw that, you know, I was never a really good student. Couldn't compete with you know, the high flyers. Mm. But there are certain times where I could compete. But mm. those were in niche areas. So I started to you know, follow that train of thought. I was like, if I can't win the main race, why don't I just win all the little side races mm. um, where there's you know, less participants, less barrier to entry, less competition. Yep. Sure, maybe... Um, you know, the glory won't be that great. I can't be the top student, but in a sense, the objective isn't so much about, you know, satisfying that competitiveness, but rather finding new ways of being able to get through and get things done. Yeah. Okay. That's what inspired me. Yeah, that's great. You know, I, I recently posted a video on TikTok also talking about defining your own success. A, a lot of issues come about because students, they hack their definition of success yeah. to just very fixed, limited variables. So when you can compete on those variables, right, you, your self-esteem gets affected, your life choices gets narrowed, and it's all this whole bunch, a whole slew of issues that people face, right? But when you can define your own success, right, uh, and realize it's your life to create, there are so many, like you said, side races and opportunities you can look for. Uh, and I think that's one core lesson that uh, whoever's listening can think back. And I think it's it's learning from you, it's coming from you, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, 
share with us then nice transition into how you ran your own race. You came into poly uh, and then spin off. Right? So talk about that journey, starting your own race. Yeah, okay. Um, starting my own race. So when I first entered poly, you know, I just was like a normal student. I was just still figuring things out. Actually, like um, my current, no, my past course, which was business information technology, was the last choice on my list. Mm. You know, for like the poly and JC applications, we had like 12 choices. I drew extra boxes to give myself 15 choices. And 15 choice was the choice that I got. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I actually just drew extra lines to put more choices. I see. And the very last choice was different from the rest because it was a sort of like a a safety net. And the rest of my choices were biology or biotech Mm. because I studied that previously in secondary school. Yeah, when I got that course, you know, I saw the message. I woke up, I was like, huh, I got the safety net. Okay, just went back to sleep. <laughs> but it proved to be a blessing in disguise because um, I started doing coding and the course was really fun to explore because mm. the type of person I am, like, you know, exploring out. Yeah. And DBIT gave, like, a huge variety of things to learn. We never yeah. really specialized on one thing. So we yeah. learned, like, app development, web development, database... Uh, visual design, um, marketing, social media marketing. So it's really spread out. And this really did kickstart my journey into entrepreneurship. Mm. And along with spin-off, of course, when we got introduced to spin-off, we started getting the idea. It was fed to us that we could work on our own ideas Mm. and work on our own things. uh, Share with us about how more started. I know you're not... Of course, the form it takes now, it's very interesting where you help um, shipping companies ensure that there's no non-stupid people on board or people that were sabotaged. And, oh, interesting fact, right? I didn't know this. I've read, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, that once every two weeks, there are actually fires and piracies. Yeah, yeah. Ah, people don't know that. But they, hey, my goals just come only. But actually, there's a lot of stuff goes on on the ships, right? A lot of corruption, whatever. So I think your company helps to weed that out. But before you even got there, right? It didn't start that way. Talk to us about the beginnings first. Yeah. Even now, the things you mentioned, we slightly uh, you know, pivoted from that as well yeah. into more of the data mm. and compliance itself. Right. Yeah. Yes. As for how it started, so... My journey in spin-off and entrepreneurship started, I wasn't doing more at the start. I was doing a couple of different things. Mm. Building like a edutech platform was one of them. Um, yeah, and a couple of others. It was only through one of the events where I met my founder, Arjun Sil, founder of MOA. Mm. And uh, that's where we got started with MOA. So Arjun uh, Sil's, field of expertise is law, legal. So She's a lawyer, right? Yeah, she wanted okay. to create legal tech, which was um, a CRM tool for lawyers. Um, and the reason being, the problem was that lawyers, instead of like spending most of their time practicing law, they spend like 90% of the time doing marketing I mean, sales. I mean, wow. I, mean, it's, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So like, you think lawyers, they just go to court and do, but no 90% of the time, they're trying to get customers, ah, trying to okay. maintain links. Sure. So almost like any other um, Business freelancing like yeah. out there. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. wanted to create this tool which allowed lawyers to focus on what they do best, which is practicing law. Yeah. So, along the way, after like 
year and a half, two years now, we pivoted to maritime industry, mm. which was, which is good because um, we then apply our expertise on legal uh, in the maritime industry. So mm. now we're doing compliance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Military compliance. Yeah, share us a bit more about, not too technical, but just an idea of what problem you're solving. Okay. So one big problem is that you know, shipping is cross borders and there's different regions. So different regions have their own sets of data that you have to follow in order to um, be familiar with the place. So in order to do that, we create this platform which gives you an overview of your trading data as well as uh, compliance and regulatory in those regions. It's always different for each region. So Let's let's talk more about your mindsets now because I think your business model is it's there and it's it's doing well. Um and I think I guess later on we'll talk about future plans. But what I really want to dive deep into is how you run your business, that mindset and how you innovate, which I think is very valuable. Uh uh so yeah, share me about your core philosophies like, when it comes to um, you know, entrepreneurship or just life in general. I have a few core philosophies. My one of the ones that stood out to me when I was starting off was this quote by um, Alice in Wonderland. I think the 1984 version, the really old one. Mm. Slightly creepy one. <laughs> if you ever watched that one, right? Yeah. Have you? No. Okay, you should watch it. I might, I might check it out after this. For a children's yeah. show, it's pretty like psychedelic and okay. creepy with all the weird colors and all. Sure. Yeah. But there's this um, one scene in the movie when Alice comes to the crossroads. Because she got lost in Wonderland. Mm. And then she comes across this Cheshire cat. Mm. And she asks the cat, which path do I take? The cat replies with, well, where do you want to go? And Alice says, I don't know. Mm. Cheshire cat says, well, if you don't know where you want to go, does it matter which path you take? So that's the philosophy that I had while starting out, which is, it's a jet general direction I want to go to, which is entrepreneurship. Yep. But where and what do I do? That's the question. And I eventually realized that it doesn't really matter because if you don't have the end goal in mind, it doesn't matter which path you think. Mm. And I feel that's a lot of, um, that's a big challenge that many aspiring entrepreneurs have. Before they get started out, they always ask the question, what should I do? Mm. And maybe they try and find an idea or fixate on an idea that they can feasibly work on. Yeah. But what they don't realize is that entrepreneurship is the broad spectrum. What you do within there doesn't really matter. Mm. But to get started with entrepreneurship itself, all you have to do is just take the first step on any path that comes across your way. I love it. And the end, of course, of that quote, I think we'll definitely edit that in, right? He's, I think the cat says that um, eventually will lead somewhere. You know? And I think that is a bias to action. Right, that entrepreneurship is even in my mentors, right? Tell me you have to be biased to action, you have to execute. You can't just spend all your time thinking about stuff. Right? It's in the action that you learn, and then you also get sales uh, eventually, which is what business is about. Um, and one more thing also that mirrors that philosophy is about dynasties. Yeah, Jay, I thought that was interesting. Share okay. that. So when I talk about dynasties, um you know, looking more at the media I as a Singaporean Chinese was exposed to, which was Stories of uh, back in the olden times in like ancient China. Um, you know, 
people, merchants or explorers who just go out traveling, leave their hometown, travel like a few hundred or thousand mm. miles away from home to just explore do the world business, yeah. or trade. do business, trade yeah. or find whatever they're looking for. So what struck out to me was what got into them to you know leave their hometown and travel so far away to no particular destination in mind. Just follow um, follow their heart, I guess. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to me, it was like, really, what, what, what is that thinking Stop, that yeah. wants, that they want to you know, leave and go out traveling? And you find the answer? Well, still searching for it. Still searching for it. <laughs> still exploring. Maybe sure. I'll find it one day. Very nice, very nice. Uh, that, that's a start, right? I think that's a start, right? You've got to start out. Yeah, bias to action. I think a lot of people have this fear, even starting out. What will people think? Uh, you know, why, why if I fail? Uh, what if my it doesn't work out? What do you have to say to that? Simply, the old adage that you know, failure is just part of it. Okay. But, you know, if you fail, you're probably going in the right direction. How do you handle failure? How do you perceive it? How do I perceive How it? do you perceive and treat it? This is cool. it's, like, it's never a true loss unless if unless you learn from it. You know? Yeah. So unless you didn't learn something from it, right? Yeah. Failures are you know, good teachers. Strikingly, they will teach you what went wrong. And in the future you keep them in mind. Uh, not to hinder you from progress next time, but rather add as a awareness that such a thing may happen. Mm. So it's really just, honestly, entrepreneurship is seeking failure. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. no way around it. I like that. Um, another thing you shared that I also resonated with me about anxieties of the future. Um, I think one thing we don't talk about enough is entrepreneurship and mental health. Yeah. Because uh, entrepreneurs, uh, I mean, studies do show that mental health is, is sometimes... Afflicted. And the reason for that is that you're always thinking about what's next. You're always thinking about a vision and ideal. And every ideal is a judge, right? Every ideal lets you know that, hey, there's a creative tension. Hey, you haven't reached there yet. And that could cause anxiety. Um, how do you deal with that? How do I deal with it? So, I definitely agree about the part where you know, entrepreneurs are sort of idealists. They're mm-hmm. always looking forward. Sometimes we as entrepreneurs fail to like take care of ourselves in that sense. But what I remind myself is that everything is possible. Everything I want to do, everything I want to achieve is a possible. It's possible. But at what cost? Mm. So that is a question that we have to keep in mind. What are we willing to give up? And many um, young aspiring entrepreneurs would be like, yeah, I'm willing to give up sleep, rest, personal time, and maybe even relationships in order mm. to work and to get where you want to be. Yep. But then, yeah, entrepreneurship is a is a marathon. It's mm. a long long distance race. In order to take care and give your best to the startup, you have to take care of yourself. So that's Love the that. prerequisite. Love that. I think that's not talked about enough, right? Um, you are the system. Before you build business systems, you personally our system and you got a function at optimal level 
Um, I, I learned the hard way as well, burning out one or two times, um, taking on stuff. Um, I learned, but I want to know how you do with it, how you take care of yourself. Um, I like to do a lot of reflection and just see what is working and what's not. And when it comes to it, I really have to listen to um, myself, my body, uh, my thoughts, and always try and shift my lifestyle and habits in a more in a healthier direction, as hard as it may be. Um, I always start with thinking. Mm. How can I shift my thinking in a healthier direction? And all these little ways to get yourself um, a good running system. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one thing you mentioned also about focusing on the next step, not worrying too much about the anxieties of the future, just like what you can see. Mm -hmm. I think you phrased that very nicely. The folly of us, many of us being idealists and looking, peering into the future is that sometimes we look peer too far mm. and then we fail to understand that all our focus should be on what we do next. Mm. The very actionable that we can accomplish next yep. rather than peering too far and getting lost in the train of what if, what if, what if. Mm. What ifs are great, yeah. but not so much when they start to hinder us. Yeah, what I found was that in my journey as well, right, actually taking action on the next step has been extremely useful. Right? You have this big idea that, oh, wow, you're so big. But when you break it down and when you just say, okay, what can I do next? Before you know it, right, hey, that thing is actually accomplished or you go closer to it. Then you wonder, right, like, why were you even worrying so much in the first place? Mm -hmm. And most of what I worry about never came true. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's, it's a fascinating thing. I think as human beings, we have this, uh, psychologically, we have this thing. La, so we didn't know how to manage that, I think. Okay, uh, last, last thing that I want to talk to you about, right? I think you mentioned about emptying your cup, not falling in love with your idea, innovation. Yeah, tell us about your mindset. When I reflect on what I do, I realize I tend to perform better when I get started in new areas. And I thought to myself, why? Like, shouldn't I perform better than a few um, um, my experience that? I realize it's because of the bias of what I believe I know, mm. you know, versus what I actually know. So when we go into a new area, we tend to keep an open mind. That way we are able to absorb more and learn better. And the thing is, we don't have to wait until we get into a new area to keep an open mind. We should keep an open mind wherever we go mm. so that we can continuously learn. Yeah, so that's emptying your cup. And... Yeah, so when I first got started in poly, it was a totally new course to me. Yeah. I, I didn't study tech. Sure, I use computers, but not coding, you know. Mm. And I was really happy because I always just look forward to learning what's new. Sure. And along the way, I realized that poly isn't so much about, you know, just pure studying. There's a lot of microsystems in play, and that's what captivated me, the thing about... Uh, Studying here, people always believe that it's about study, 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 you know, getting good grades. And it's true for the most part. But at the same time, how do you get there? In poly, there's a lot of different things that you have to keep in mind, which is what contributes to your final grade. Relationship with your lecturer. Mm. How you manage that relationship. There's one microsystem in play that you deal with every single day with multiple lecturers. Mm -hmm. On top of that, your relationships with your classmates mm. 
and your peers because that also takes into account. Uh, especially in SP, we have this uh, peer peer review. Yeah. 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 So all these microsystems come into play and you can't just disregard them and work hard. You know? One thing I felt really um, saddened about was when my peers in poly just focus on working hard. And you can see they really put in a lot of effort and they try really hard, but it wasn't captivating every single sure. microsystem in play. And that's what many students need to realize. It's not just about study. And if you go on a deeper level, um, instead of just relationships with your peers and lecturers, it's also about your relationship with yourself and how you manage that in order to continue going. Yeah, yeah I think that's definitely going to be put in a snippet somewhere. <laughs> uh, because uh, that's great advice for students, not just in poly, but uni or even secondary school. I think so often we ignore all the other systems in play like you said, personal relationships, whatever, and just very narrow-mindedly focused on regurgitating, memorizing. That's one of the sadness I feel, a heaviness when I go to school so so because I, I want to let them know that education is so much more than just four walls and a piece of paper. Right? That there's so much more. It's only limited by your, your, your desire for exploration, right? your hunger for learning, ability to understand the systems around you. Um, and and that, that lesson is not just applying entrepreneurship is in life because life is in one whole big adventure, right? Yeah, so I love that advice. I think that's something that people can take back. Um, I guess we're coming towards the close already. You know, really pick your brains and all your different mindsets, right? Uh, what is one advice you have, I guess, for aspiring entrepreneurs? A uh, big theme of today, bias to action. <laughs> just need to take your first step and then keep going after that. Focus on your next step again and again and again and you realize you would have traveled one whole journey that you never would have imagined yourself on okay. with that I think we lead to the last question right like what's what's next for you Josiah when it comes to more when it comes to your life like what do you see yourself doing what do I see myself doing definitely I want to focus on a more um, being able to master myself to put in a better effort, always a better effort in whatever I do, in more and in my um, in my next ventures, mm. or my personal life. So more of a, more of an inwards mastery because I realize um, that's what I want to achieve. Nice and interestingly enough, like uh, our, our outer world is sometimes a reflection of our inner world, right? We take care of the world inside, the world outside yeah. falls into place. Um, everything is created twice as well. Right? First in the mind and then in reality. That's what entrepreneurship is about. Yeah. So wow, that's a great ending to today's and also a great ending to uh, this entire podcast series. It's been five episodes. You have stayed with us all the way. Thank you. I love you and I appreciate you. I hope you have gained something and please go and start out if let's say you have that desire because if they listen for five episodes, they don't start out. So no point. So um, yeah, give us any feedback, any comments, put in the in the in the comment section reach out to us or SP uh, this is organized by spin-off so if you're an SP especially um, do pick up some courage go and email them Raphael or if you're in another poly or if you're in your second uh, in your university go and look at the entrepreneurship center or the place you can approach uh, for help okay with that yeah, yeah like, are they able to you know contact the speakers 
Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, so sorry for the plug. Please, if you connect, if you relate to Josiah and his vision, right? Do and of course his mindset. Do connect with him. Follow him on Instagram. There's a couple of nice quotes there. I'll link it. I'll link them up. Uh, of course, follow us on Rebound and Resilience for past episodes and also a spin-off for their content. All right, with that, we've come to the end of Passion Personified and I hope that you go out there and chase your passions. All right, stay resilient and we'll see you on the next podcast episode. Bye.